welcome to another episode of Joining the Dots. So this week, I'm really excited that I have interviewed the lovely Christine Richards, director um, from McDade Roberts, based in Preston. And she's the newest director there because she's gone from college leaver to qualified accountant to manager by the time she was age 23 and then progressed to senior manager and now shareholder director in April 2020, just as we entered into the coronavirus pandemic. So she's progressed through the ranks with the same firm for the last 14 years since she was 18 years old. So now still while she's only in her early 30s and she's been juggling family life, getting married all along the way. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I think it's really inspirational. You know, Christina's kind of broke down that barrier of, you know, females getting to the top in practice. Um, and yeah, still still being only age 32. So I hope you enjoy. Um, she's got a really great way with words. I really like Christine. Not only is she a great accountant, she's actually really fun and really, really lovely to talk to. So enjoy. Let me know what you think. So, Christine, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Joining the Dots. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining. So, you've worked for the same firm now for all of, like, your career so far today. Um, how long's that? Is that about, how long have you been in a career? Oh, it, it's um, about 14 years. 14? Just over 14 years. So, yes, yeah, I started straight after my A-levels, so it would have been kind of September 2007. Yes. Yeah. So you've been at McDade Roberts, you started straight there, didn't you, straight after college at kind of like yeah. 18 years old. Um, you have some really impressive kind of studies as well, like GCSEs, like an A-star student. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I noticed on your, um, on your LinkedIn, you've got some really good A-levels in like maths. First thing I want to ask you is, do you feel like having a, having a really good kind of set of GCSEs or A levels, whether it be maths or business or accounting, do you think that is really important for somebody going into accounting, or do you think they can kind of come from like a multitude of backgrounds? Yeah, I definitely think I, I definitely think you can come from you know various angles to you know into accounting. I think an affinity for or you know an enjoyment of mathematics is um sometimes just a good indicator that you have that logical kind of brain which will be suited to the problem solving side of accountancy personally I found A-levels to be a good grounding I did accountancy at A-level and I felt it was a good grounding for the exam styles that you get once you get into your professional qualifications I'm not sure there's one right or wrong way of getting into accountancy um yeah. my route particularly is quite different from for example my co-directors Martin and Kevin they both have a degree um and, and went down the university route um I'm a big believer over that the best place to learn is on the job um yeah. I think books books and examples will get you so far um but for me the sooner that you can get involved with um with practical work alongside the theory study the better it is for the employee and the employer yeah so you did your GCSEs you did your A-levels you did an accounting maths A-level and then rather than doing what your directors did but your oh, sorry your fellow directors going on to the degree you decided to do the AAT route yeah that's right yeah so I I feel like I knew from probably being about 14, 15, that university probably wasn't the way that I wanted to go. Um, just for, for a few reasons, really. Um, my parents were always um, quite money wise and quite sensible money decisions. And I think if there had been something that I needed to go to university for, so if my passion had been, you know, medicine or something like that, yeah. and that's kind of what I'd wanted to do, obviously, there's a need there, isn't there, to go to mm -hmm. university? Um, but I, I was fairly certain that was wasn't really what I wanted to do. I did my A levels at Blackburn College, and um, then proceeded to, you know, start looking around for for jobs and you know something practical where I could start sort of learning um, on the job. 
Yeah. So did you do level two, three and four or did you get to skip the level two because you'd done it? I got to skip level two. Yeah, I had my accountancy A level meant that I had already done what I was needed to do for level two. So, yeah, I had two years, level three and level four um, of AAT. Yeah. So why accountancy practice after A-levels? Why not kind of, because I know your mum is a trained accountant and your sister's in finance. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So my mum, she's not professionally qualified, but she did her AAT back in the day. She uh, now works alongside my dad. They have a partnership, so she does all of the bookkeeping and and that side of things for that. Um, My sister as well, yeah, she's three years younger than I am, but she actually um, did her AAT working from at Dave Roberts as well. Um, So, and then went on to other things. So she's now a a finance manager in a... in a college but uh, yeah in terms of my um sort of decision I have to be honest when I've done my A-levels I um thought right want to do you know want the job want to get in something do something practical and um I felt like accountancy came fairly easily to me um and my mum said you know I think you'd be good at this and and go for so I actually started applying for jobs um various different ones you know not just in accounting practice sort of like purchase ledger sales ledger stuff you know anything that would give me that sort of in into where I wanted to be um and actually my um my interview with with uh, with McDay Boats was a bit of a strange one. Oh really? So I, actually, I actually went for an interview with a client of McDay Roberts for a purchase ledger clerk position. And during that interview, I was sort of saying to um the interviewer there, you know, kind of what I was wanting to do. And he just said, oh, I'm just not sure. We've never had anyone wanting to do sort of AAT whilst they were doing this. Um, I'll just have a chat with my accountant and see if it, you know, if it fits, if it'll give you the sort of experience you want. Anyway, he they actually came back to me. So I had a chat with him. It would have been Philip. It would have been Philip McDade that he spoke to. I had a chat with Philip. And, um, and uh, although I think, you know, your results are great and you you could do this job that'd be fine he said I'm not not sure it'll get you where you want to go but Philip says you know give Kevin there a ring and, and have a chat with him and see so I said right thanks very much so I phoned Kevin and I don't think Philip had spoken to Kevin so I think that came out of the blue for Kevin originally <laughs> um, and Kevin you know as Kevin would he's very sort of um, uh, open to meeting with people so he said you know come in and have a chat yeah. and came in and gave him my CV and and had a chat and in he, he said to me at that interview he said um actually we've just uh, you know your cv is fantastic if i'd seen this four weeks ago mm. i'd have had a job for you but we've just taken on another trainee um oh, so he, he said leave it with you know leave you do you mind leaving your cv with me so i said no that's fine he said the only thing i think you could have done that would have made you even more pain was to have enrolled to do aat in your own time you know and just be kind of working on that already so I left there thinking, oh, that's, you know, they've just taken someone on. That's not going to come to anything. Anyway, a few days later, uh, Kevin phoned me up and said, um, you know, I've spoken to my sort of fellow directors and we're really impressed with your CV. We'd like to take a chance on you. And they created a oh. trainee position here at the Longridge office. He said, so if you can go and get, you know, you need to kind of get enrolled and start on your CV. I said, it's all right. And I'd gone straight from my interview with, original yeah. interview with Kevin and gone to Preston College and signed up to do my AT and I'd already like started on that process. Oh, and, um, amazing. So yeah, so, that's, that's my... Uh, that's your <laughs> So. You were meant to, <laughs> so you were meant to, you know, you went for an interview at one place, an industry client, an SME, I'm assuming, to do purchase yeah. year, and then yeah. next minute, that's so that's how you got into practice. Okay, yeah. that's really interesting. So why, what, what else appealed to you about McDade back then? Then was there anything else? Um, so yes, obviously, you know, that was kind of my first sort of is, but. Um, I liked the fact that they were a smaller firm. So what the job, you know, the job roles involved quite a lot of different responsibilities. 
Um, it was also, you know, I guess one of the real plus points was it's location wise, the Longridge office, which is where they wanted me to start, was 10 minutes away from where I live. Um, so it was, you know, location was was great. Um, but yeah, it was just um, a case that, you know, I just felt like it was going to give me a really good grounding alongside my AAT and was, you know, more all round what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time when I was applying for jobs, there wasn't a lot of training position you know or I was applying and wasn't getting much back on actually training positions within sort of accountancy firms um so yeah it was um it was good it's good right so you did that you were there a couple of years and then next next minute you're enrolling onto the ACA um, yeah yeah. So you've, yeah so you've done the ACA how did you find you know those few years training was was there any challenges getting onto those chartered exams how did you find that period um, so I, when I started doing my AC, I actually moved to work from our forward office because that's our oh. main um, train office. So I'd, I moved over there. That was part of it, but didn't really change, you know, a great deal in terms of that. In terms of the um, exam themselves, I studied on block release. So I did it in Manchester and studied oh, on block yeah. release and um, and actually quite liked that, quite liked that sort of way of learning, the, the blocks mm-hmm. of learning and being there. Um the most challenging time I found during my ACA is, is that I actually got married in between my March and June exam system. Oh, <laughs> so that was probably the most intense. But yeah, they, they are intense exams. Um, there's mm. a lot of work involved. I um, I'm quite uh, look. I work hard and I study hard, but I find that my kind of way of studying my brain tends to retain the information fairly well from when I first studied it so and Mm. then I just had quite a set um revision schedule in place um so I you know had certain times and files at home you know and and things like that so um but don't get me wrong they were uh, those waiting for those the text message that you used to get with your results on was uh, was quite daunting um and I remember particularly my final three exams I decided to sit them the two technicals and the final case today I actually decided to sit them all together um in you know over the three days um and I stayed in a hotel in Manchester because I thought I don't want to be tra- traveling back as far as yeah. staying in the hotel and the um final one the fire alarm went off we were at the, right at the top of this building the fire alarm went off halfway through so everyone had to come out then we all went back in you know when it just breaks your concentration yeah. I was utterly convinced that this was you know this is it so I remember coming out of it and I think just the emotion of of everything you know I felt like I'd put everything that I could into it and I remember crying after thinking (laughs) oh that was intense and what am I going to do if that didn't you know so had you not failed any to that that no I hadn't failed any I'd I'd got them all um audit the audit exam probably for me was the one I found the most challenging but no I'd got them all and uh, yeah I think just the emotion of that final thing so I actually um but actually it turned out that my final case to the exam was my best percentage result of the lot of so clearly a fire alarm going off in the middle isn't the worst omen Uh. (laughs) oh that's that's really good so did that take you about three years to do um I I think it actually took me to I think I used 12 months of my AAT as part of it so I think I I did it in I think I did it in two it probably about two and a half years from start to finish yeah so you're in your early 20s now you've just kind of thought that at this point you're in your early 20s (laughs) you've uh you've done your AAT you've done your ACA um you qual you qualified with the ICAEW and then you decide to take on was it a manager role yeah so I'm just qualified um and so yeah so I I think I would so it would have been sort of late 2011 that I finished my exams and and just qualified and um and it's usually at that point isn't it that you start to think about you know your future a bit more perhaps about your future career and what's on offer in you know your current workplace what progression opportunities there are and you know and and you maybe start to that's quite often you know where you think that and certainly as an employer now looking at your employee where you think heads might start to be turned yeah. for, uh, for, other, for other offers um and um and it just coincidentally um the manager position at the Longridge office became vacant and I don't think at that time I would have thought to 
um, put myself forward for that. I think I would have, you know, if I'd probably given it a lot of thought, I'd have thought it's probably a bit soon in my sort of career trajectory. Anyway, um, they, uh, they, as they were then, <laughs> I said, you know, approached me and sort of said, you know, what do you think, you know, would you like to give this a go? And, um, and I, you know, gave it quite a lot of thought and, um, and thought, well, you know, <laughs> you'll only regret what you don't do. Yeah. I think that's what I tend to tell myself. You'll regret what you don't take a chance on. Um, so I, I said, you know, I'd give it a go. And so, yeah, so I, in, I think it would have been about March, 2012, um, I started the, the manager role here at our Longbridge office. Oh, brilliant. So how was that at the time? Any challenges? You know, you're only like 23 years old. Anything that came up that you feel, oh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the whole, you know, the whole thing was it was a massive learning curve, you know, from there for the probably, you know, for like three to five, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's quite a lot to take yeah. on. Um, our language office also is, um, Whereas we have several managers in our forward office, our language um, office traditionally was one manager at that time, one full-time manager. Um, and so that's where, you know, that's where I was. So I was responsible for a team of staff, which was, you know, new, although during my account senior work, obviously I'd mentored trainees and, course, and people yeah. on, you know, the next one down. It's a different, it's a different ballgame to be, you know, mm. um, sort of heading up a team of staff and also an office, you know, so clients were coming in and, and there wasn't that buffer between, you know, you and them anymore you know if they came and they wanted to see someone that was you that was gonna you know it was you that was gonna see them so it was a really big learning curve um I was quite lucky in a way in that when I actually took it on um Alan Roberts was the um kind of main director that spent spent the time at the Longridge office um at the time and so I was very lucky to work alongside him um, and he had quite a lot of input into my sort of um, career at that point you know mm. uh, along with the others but Alan was the one that spent the most time at language office and so the one that I interacted um, the most with at that point um, so yeah it was just it was a huge learning curve and yeah you know you know looking back great but at the time yeah quite quite intense challenging. and um, challenging yeah there were definitely challenges along the way and yeah. then you started a you started a family then shortly after that was it you've had two children. yeah so so yeah so Ellie uh so that's my daughter she's um six now so yeah she was born in 2015 and then a couple of years later she was two and a half we had Sam who's our little boy he's just turned four um so yeah of course motherhood brings a whole host of other challenges yeah. as, as you're about to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> so do you mind me asking did you go part-time at any point or did you, have you always just stayed full-time so I'm actually I'm still part-time at the moment <laughs> effective well I say I'm part-time but yeah I am part-time so at the time I, it was only marginally so after I'd had um Ellie I did take 12 months maternity leave I took the whole I took the nine months pain I took the three months after yeah um and and loved that time um loved that time with her and um work were you know really great really supportive and I know I know legally they have to be, but they they, they genuinely were really supportive yeah. of that, and and the, the the ability to take that time off was was great. So after I'd had Ellie, I came back and I came back on um, working four days a week, but working thirty four hours in four okay. days, so long days. So not not really that part time, I suppose, from thirty seven to thirty four. Um, and then after I'd had Sam with the kind of nursery hours and things like that I um just dropped down a little bit so I currently do 32 hour weeks yeah and how have you found you know doing a slightly reduced hours you know as a manager and then you became a senior manager and now a director does that work well do you think um it's it's challenging it's in its own way but I think more for the probably the pressure that you put on yourself it is what I would say so I would say that I never really felt that um there was an expectation mm. from um the directors at that time or my co-directors now that I would 
do more than I'd agreed to. Um, but I think it's that it's your own perception of of wanting to feel like you're giving your all as an employee and your all as a mother um, is quite a difficult balance to to get to. Um, so I think um, the working part time, the, the challenge there more is, you know, sort of managing your own expectation of what you can fit into that time and accepting when you need to delegate things or yeah. uh, you know accept help which can be a tricky thing to do after you've been full-time and, and you're sort of trying to find your feet again in this sort of you know new world that you're in <laughs> so so at what point did you, you you know you became manager um you went off for a couple of maternity leaves you then became a senior manager there as well um at what point do you start to think I think I might want to become a director here or you know there might be an opportunity for me to be director here or somewhere else what's at what point did you did you see directorship as a realistic goal yeah so I think I had part of my you know long-term plan was always to have children so I think you know that was part of my thing so I think probably until I'd had them until I'd kind of I think I was probably thinking that's not something you would want to be taking on and then trying to you know um sort of back to Matt leaving to that while you're trying to find your feet yeah. in a role like that um so I think probably sort of post having Ellie and Sam um, and starting to think, right, you know, um, you know, I feel like, you know, finding my feet with this family, family, uh, sort yeah, of, uh, the way things are with that. And so probably, you know, uh, not too, not too long after having been back with yeah. Sam and we have, as most um, workplaces will um our kind of annual you know performance review and sort of sit down and um so back when I first started and I was doing kind of my ACA qualifications in my kind of you know when you look at what you think you might want to do 10 years yeah. from now I'm, sh- I'm sure at that time I could probably find the fifth one but I'm sure at that time I probably said oh yeah I'd like to I'd like to be a director yeah I think probably in the within a bit after that I probably lost um some of my direction whilst I was you know having Ellie and Sam and probably wasn't sure at that point after I came back where that was going to lead so probably from there on and then also at that time sort of there was there was a few transitions going on within McDade Roberts so some of the di- existing directors move into consultancy roles um so I knew that there was movement happening there and probably potential for me to 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 move up within McDade Roberts if that was what I chose to do yeah I suppose um, right place right time then um, that pretty much sums up my career yeah. Sophie that's what I decided <laughs> when I was thinking about our chat today when I yeah. thought about the interview that wasn't an interview yeah. and the manager position that just opened up as I came qualified yeah and, and then, then directors the, moving the on directorship that kind of yeah. fell you know so you know fairly within the right sort of time scales for me so yeah right place right time yeah um so yeah a few points in there probably where you know if you'd asked me back when I was starting if I thought that I'd spend my whole career at McDade Roberts I'm not sure that I would have thought that that was a possibility even yeah, maybe you, wouldn't. Not, you know um you know did I think back then that this is where I would be sitting now probably not um but I'm I'm very happy that this is where I am and this is where it's led to. Um, but yeah, right place, right time. Um, oh, and a amazing. lot of hard work in between. <laughs> yeah, you've done so, so well. And now, just to kind of let everybody know, you're still in your early 30s. Are you 30? Yeah, 32. 32 sorry I just didn't put a year on you there. No, it's all right. <laughs> and you're still, you're still only 32. So you became then director in April 2020, just kind of after the pandemic, but I'm assuming um, talks, it would have all been in motion for a good, I suppose, 12 to 18 months prior. How did you find those early days in uh, after April 2020? Yeah, yeah. so 12 to 18 months before, we'd, you know, we'd had a few conversations and, you know, as you do with anything like this, you give it a lot of thought and yeah you know there's a lot to factor in um you know 
not just uh, internally but externally. Obviously, you know, you know the impact it will have on on things outside of outside of work. So there was a lot to think about, um, and I probably went back to my my old mantra, which was, you know, you'll only regret something that you don't you don't try. So, um, so yeah, so we dis- so I I knew you know the decision was was probably made about six months maybe before you know before we actually you know signed all the paperwork and everything yeah. was done um but yeah just as the um <laughs> as the covid lockdown hit that was my uh that was pretty much when I was announced as uh as director so that was um you know an interesting <laughs> an interesting so, time apart from you know the obvious covid being a big challenge what what do you think kind of was there any other challenges becoming a director um I think one of the main I mean you know I I always thought it was going to be challenging you know that extra step up there's you know there's a few elements to that I suppose one of them being that this is where I've spent my career so a lot of the people that are on our on our team and who Mm. you know who work alongside me I worked alongside from you know with we're, we're very lucky to have you know some some long-standing members of staff that have been with us for a long time so a lot of the, my colleagues people I've worked with I'd worked with as I sort of you know moved up through the through the yeah. ranks so that's you know that can be um a challenge in itself you know obviously <clears throat> moving up to um to the directorship um so I wasn't I was never expecting it to be easy and then Covid hit and <laughs> and everything became more difficult so it was a period of transition as you know as I said some of our directors moved to consultants roles so one of our one of the main things was um obviously during lockdown just not even being able to go out and meet meet with these clients face to face and um you know and, and you know for them as, as well as me to build up those relationships which as you'll know, I'm sure, having done things over Zoom, it's not quite the same as sitting with no. someone in the same room. Um, and I suppose it's the same with staff training as well. If you if you're recruiting into the t- if you were recruiting into the team at the time, which I think I think I don't know if you were at the Longridge office, but I know at the Ford office. Yeah, there was, the there team was some recruitment going on. Yeah, so yeah. you know, and not being able. To, I'm a big believer in in. you know you get a sense of who people are don't you when you meet them and when you meet them face to face more so than over over zoom so yeah so adapting to that um also adapting to being director whilst we were in the process of having to adapt our working practices obviously working from home changing from you know although we had a paperless system and we had remote access we you know we were were relatively well set up in some ways but obviously changing you know no paper files anymore you know changing up moving all over to electronic and all the new covid schemes that came along with that which obviously had a big impact on our clients the furlough scheme particularly um so i think it would have been challenging enough on its own and then covid came along and it was just um, to throw it in there for (laughs) you just to make things a little bit trickier so uh, yeah yeah it was but i'm you know consider myself to be very fortunate um kevin and martin who i've worked with for a long time even prior to being a director um both you know very supportive very helpful so you know it was um it was challenging but i i had the i suppose the you know that backstop of mm. of people with the more experience to draw on and to you know and to help me along with that so it was amazing um, so obviously you've been at McDade your entire career since you left kind of um sixth form college so and obviously right place right time there's been lots of opportunities for you along the way do you think there's any other kind of reasons why you stayed at McDade Roberts for so long um is there anything that kind of comes to mind so I think um I mean obviously there's a, <laughs> probably a, a few reasons in there but um I think working at McDates, you're not in, you, you know, you're not in kind of a niche department. You're not just tax and you're not just accounts. Um, you kind of get a really good grounding right across everything. Um, so, you know, you go from VAT returns, to IS returns, we've got payroll department. So, you know, spent some time doing that. So it was just, yeah. you know, a really nice mix um, of work. So not, not too much um, repetitive um yeah. sort of work but just a really nice sort of range of things and and a really nice culture it's quite a, you know I mentioned obviously before that I've got I've got two children but you know Philip and and Alan originally you know both got families and there's a there is a family sort of a 
feel to it you know and there's a you know not any sort of expectation of um you know of, of people being long evenings weekends and you know just a nice sort of you know just yeah. it's it's been for me a real lovely place to work and still work and I hope that our staff feel like that oh so in terms of like your clients then and the work that you get involved in I suppose on a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month basis do you have like a type a favorite I suppose type of client that you like to work with or a favorite piece of work or style of work that you like to do um I suppose I just want to get under the skin really of what really motivates you and what what really drives you and what gets you out of bed in the morning what <laughs> about your, your job and or a certain type of work or a certain type of client yeah so I mean I um particularly work with a lot of rural businesses and the agricultural sector I mean we have a wide range of clients and I have all you know clients who who do things that are very different to that but I do also have quite a lot of um farming clients or others you know within rural businesses um which fits fairly nice with my background my dad's a gamekeeper and his grand his dad so my granddad and my uncle still runs a farm um so I kind of come from that sort of background so although I'm not an expert in that in any sense I do you know have a you know a basic understanding of that I really enjoy getting out to meet with those sort of clients going out to to the farms to meet them see what they're doing um learn more about the businesses and what challenges are facing them um my main I suppose motivation is that you know, I really like to to help people. I enjoy it when we can take something off a client's hands and just make things a little bit easier for them. You know, things that, you know, some people just find finances or form for, you know, headaches that they, you know, that they just don't want to be involved with. And it can be really, it can be things as simple as, you know, information for tax credits or student loan forms to, you know, calculating and submitting capital gains tax reports. You know, obviously there's a, you know, there's a wide range of that, but, but the, the fact that, that people maybe come in to see you and they're not sure, you know, what they're doing or or how to deal with something, or they've had a letter from HMRC and they don't know what to do and that they can come in, they can speak to somebody, sit down and, and sort of, hand it over to somebody and and leave here feeling a little bit lighter a little bit freer um and you know and I I do think you know we are able to to do that and and I suppose it ranges from that to right up to being you know alongside you know more developed businesses who are um you know who you can help with sort of more business advisory and reviewing you know the management accounts and and ways that they could maybe diversify or things that they could do so but I think it's that goal of wanting to to really be there alongside people within the businesses helping them and you know helping them to make their business what they want it to be yeah so you're audit trained as well you've done you've done a bit of audit over your career haven't you Um, yes yeah so but you don't currently get involved in any audit work. So I'd be really keen to know, I suppose you've kind of answered the question there already based on what you've just said, but why is it that I suppose, why is it you think that you don't continue now to get involved in audit work? Is there something about it that you don't particularly enjoy or is it the type of client, you know, you, you prefer a different type of client? Um, why, why is it you think that you don't, you don't currently get involved in the audit side of things? Yeah, so yeah, that's a good question. So I'm audit trained in that I did the audit exam as part of my professional qualifications and I spent time uh, as an account senior out on audit work and, yeah. and you know, out doing audits. Um, for me, it, it mainly comes down, there's a couple, it, part of it's circumstantial, but it mainly comes down to personal preference. It yeah. wasn't a part of the job that I particularly enjoyed. When I took the manager language, my portfolio dictates a little bit, it didn't include any oh, audit yeah. clients. Um, so that dictates it a little bit. We have a great audit team. Martin and Kevin have both have involved with the audit work, and we have a really great audit team. Um, and it just it tends the um, it tends not to fit with some of the clients that you know that I tend to deal with. Um, but also, you know, if I have clients that that's that's a required of, we have a great audit team in yeah. place that you know that can be used. So um, yeah, it's probably more a personal preference. Um, but slightly dictated also by circumstance there. So did you ever consider them maybe at any point in your career? We were talking before about 
how you qualified and you were thinking what what what's next for me and you, you know you've got staff in the business at the moment that will be thinking what what's next when they qualify at any point did you ever think oh I might move into industry like especially when you've been out on audits um did you ever think about industry um and I suppose if not why not <laughs> why stay in practice um actually no no, never seriously, if that makes sense. I suppose, yeah. you know, back at when I was, you know, doing my clock face, I was probably, you know, thought about a few different things. But I love the variety in practice. Yeah. So no two clients are the same. Um, there's always different things to get your teeth into. There's always, you know, another interesting piece of work. Mm-hmm. And 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 you get to see such a range of businesses and also um just to meet, you know, meet lots of different people. Um, what's new get out on the and farms. I, get yeah, out, get out on the farms. Yeah, and, and not just be, you know, sad. I mean, I spend a lot of time sat at a desk, as yeah. you can imagine. But it's not just, you know, not just that. And um, that, you know, there's a there's a huge variety in the work that we do. Um, and I think that is probably the key thing that that you know helps me to enjoy um, that, you know, being in practice. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So I have a lot of people tell me that they want, you know, they want to become partner one day. And obviously there's only, there's only a few top spots out there. Um, And obviously clearly you've got to be a real star candidate like yourself. You've got to work hard, um, both in exams and in the workplace. What I want to know is what are the main qualities you think you need to get there? So I suppose you could have a look at it you know, look at yourself, you know, what qualities do you think you have that have, have got you there? Or maybe think about some of the people that, you know, you've got in your current team. It's like, can you spot anybody? What do you see out there that's got like partner potential? What do you think you really need to actually, actually get there? Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think in a firm with more than one partner, each one brings slightly different skills, different personality mm. to the table. So I'm not sure there's a specific set of attributes, but yeah. I think there's probably some basics across across the board. For me, I think I think a key part of it is that you need to enjoy what you do. You know, you need to have an enjoyment of what you do, a passion for what you do, for you know, wanting to you know help people and 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 do this role. Because I think that then comes across in your client interactions yeah. and how you deal with people. Um, and enthusiasm for me goes you know goes a long way. I think the people that I see that show potential are often the ones it doesn't it's not so I know you mentioned before about my sort of um, exam results and things like that and I think obviously you know they can show you know various things such as you know your work Mm -hmm. ethic and things like that but I don't think that it's not necessarily that those with those you know best results are the ones that will go the farthest yeah it's Um, not the all and end all is it sometimes no absolutely not and I think it's often the ones who are willing to take on new tasks. So, you know, when you've got a piece of work coming and you're looking for somebody, you know, who am I going to allocate this to? And if you've got someone there saying, you know, maybe they've never done it before, maybe they don't know what they're saying. Oh, I'll give, you know, I'll give that a try. I'll, I'll try that. And I think being willing to sort of turn your hand to that, give things a try. Yeah. So I think it's con- and a continuous, continuously you know striving to improve being that your knowledge or your skills you know we're in a we're in an industry where things are changing all the time so even you know when you you know perhaps achieve that that partner level you know there's still learning to do we're still all learning we can learn from each other um you know from right from the you know I'll still have um, accounts students, accounts seniors who'll, you know, show me something on, you know, a new program that you can do a different way. And, and you know, we're all always learning. And I think, yeah. you know, being willing, willing to do that and keep, um, you know, dedicate to that, but striving to improve that, you know, constantly, you know, wanting yeah. to update your knowledge and upskill yourself. I, I think it's that, you know, that that attitude and that sort of drive that some, you know, that somebody has mm. that, you know, for me, that's that's the key yeah we talk a lot in our office about eating the frog have you heard that have you heard that saying before eat the frog no I've not I've not heard so so basically it just kind of means if if there's a task you don't want to do or it really makes you feel uncomfortable or maybe you're putting it off or you've just never done it before whatever it is whatever it is that's really challenging 
you say eat the frog it's just like okay give it, give it a go just do it yeah. almost um, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at there isn't it you the people that you see that have potential are the ones that eat the frog and just yes. just do it just just give something a go um so and nobody's gonna get it right all of the time no. you know there's no expectation of that but that willing to to try something and to be led on so you know and to you know to open yourself up to you know you know, perhaps getting it wrong, but perhaps learning something from it in the process. Of course, yeah. We always learn something from it. Um, Absolutely. Give it a go. So do you know anyone else kind of, um, I know we spoke about your family before, we spoke about your mum who's um, AAT trained and, you, and your sister who's in finance in industry um, in a college. Do you know anyone else from your career, um, maybe people you studied with or some other females, young females, do you know anyone else that's kind of broke the barrier and made it to, I suppose, partner or top spot? Is it, I suppose what I'm getting at is how, how common is it? You know, I, I don't think it's that common at this stage in yeah. our, you know, in, in people's careers. I think I am, um, even if you took gender out of it, you know, even if you looked at it, across, but I think I'm still, relatively young in terms of achieving partner status um so I know that there's one girl that I train with she's actually recently set up her own small practice um you know when you sort of catch things on you know LinkedIn and and Facebook and different things so um and I know several other um female accounts who've got great careers in their own right but I'm not aware of any of them who those who've achieved partner status mm, um interesting that's really interesting so what when you're kind of recruiting into your team whether it's the Longridge office or a forward wherever that might be what are you looking for when you're looking for a new employee or maybe a manager because I think you're recruiting for a manager at the moment aren't you for the Longridge office to kind of come up, up behind you um what are you looking for? We spoke about a few things for like passion, drive, enthusiasm, eating the frog, all of those yeah. things. But when they, you know, when you get in a CV or when they're coming into the office for interview, what are you looking for at that at that point to hire them? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're looking for someone who we think will be a good fit within the current team. So it does yeah. it can vary from office to office, role to role, you know, as you'll know. Um, I think um you know obviously you want you know you, you're going to look for your basics on there aren't you? you're going to look for you know your your um season above it you know do you, if you're right at the bottom of the you know just starting out you're looking at you know GCSEs you're looking at season above aren't you for, especially in your maths and your English you know just the basic yeah. you know those basic skills um I think probably as it gets you know further up you're looking you know someone who's I think at the moment, willing to adapt and move mm. with the times. Accountancy is continually progressing, particularly at the moment, the introduction of making tax digital, which obviously, you know, we're looking at the next steps for that for VAT yeah. and then how that will then progress on. Um, so I think, you know, that becomes really important. You know, the, the world of accountancy is changing and, and ha- what I was learning when I first started, you know, even relatively, you know, 40 years is a long time, but relatively speaking, you know, some of those skills are just not skills that, you know, you know, ticking a bank off is becoming less and less important because the, you know, the software will, you know, have it all there and it can do it for you. So I think, you know, that being willing to adapt and move with the times, I think, you know, being keen, self-motivated are particularly important um I think especially as we look at the future of homework and hybrid work and you know that ability to um self-motivate and um hold yourself accountable on tasks and times and things mm-hmm. like that I think becomes you know more and more important yeah. so obviously you know you're a shareholder now in the business um what's changed for you now personally now that you are a shareholder and a partner in the business compared to being a regular employee what's changed for you personally does it does it feel different how how does it compare to just being a manager there yeah so I mean I suppose that you know, there's, there's probably you know some impacts are, are more and some are less than others I suppose in some ways um I had flexibility before in terms of, you know, yeah. if I needed to be somewhere for, for the children or whatever, but I think probably I feel a little bit freer in that now in that I feel like, you know, 
I'm accountable to myself and I hold myself to, you know, a high standard I like to think, but I am able to, you know, sort of factor in, um, you know, it does fit around sort of family life, you know, nativity plays and things like that, you know, my ability to sort of, um, to structure work and things around that. I suppose on a, you know, larger scale, a more detailed understanding of the business decision-making that even as a member of the the senior management team. And I think my feelings on my ability to have an impact on that is now even more visible than it, you know, than it was sort of, um, you know, two years ago when I was, you know, um, still a key member on that team, but actually, um, you know, the visibility of the, you know, the business as a whole and the decision-making and the understanding of, you know, perhaps the reasons why, you know, certain businesses decisions are made, which you, yeah. you don't understand when you sort of, you know, further, further down the, yeah. um, the hierarchy. So, so yeah. when you, what is your management style like then when you were a manager and now a business owner, cause you'll, you'll still need to manage. What's your management style like? What's your kind of... I think this is a really interesting question. When yeah. I was... Um, when I, and I wonder, actually, what... If you asked some of my uh, team what they <laughs> yeah, would say. Yeah, but it Maybe I should ask them. Um, but I would say, <laughs> in my uh, unbiased opinion, <laughs> I think my management style is quite hands-on. Oh, God. Um, yeah. I'm quite willing to get stuck into jobs myself or sit and review things with staff once they've drafted it so you know across the you know across the board myself Mark, Kevin you know we, we have a fairly open door you know open door policy and yeah. and we would you know expect that you know anyone would come to us to you know to run through something um it wouldn't you know not just our manager level or anything like that you know right the way through from our trainees right up to that so um, I like to get into the details. I like to understand what's happening within the businesses that we're, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be working with, both through analysing the figures, but also through, you know, just really good client conversations where, you know, they might say something that you just not realise that, you know, you can you can factor into, you know, what what you're doing and, mm. and you know, your decision making. Um, and I think you've got to be able to, you know, trust the team underneath you, um, believe in the, you know, believe in them, but also believe in the service that we're giving to the clients and, you know, and their ability to, you know, make that happen and carry that through. Because um, you're only as, uh, you know, you're only as strong as the team. As you team. As you are. Yeah. So obviously, hopefully all of those things work really, really well for you. Have you ever seen or heard, you know, it might not even be within midday, it might be outside the business. Have you ever seen or heard of any other sort of management styles where you just think, you know, where it just doesn't work? Is there anything where you think I'll never be that, I'll never be that person, I'll never be like that? Is there any kind of things out there that you think that doesn't work as a manager or business owner? Uh, So for me, I really don't like the idea of anyone being, you know, scared of you know scared of of you so you know the idea of you know you walk in everyone's like oh don't do you know heads down and and doesn't feel that they can you know come and talk to you that wouldn't be you know I would never want you know to to work in that sort of you know that sort of culture for me isn't the right fit um you know I think it's important that there's you know respect but that goes both ways um and um you know I think that 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 just doesn't, you know, it doesn't feed into a good team. It doesn't feed into a good working environment. Um, and that's what we, you know, that's what we want. That's what we want to promote, yeah. you know, people that, and you know, enjoy um, coming to work and, you know, and the work that they do to the, to the extent that you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before I let you go, I just kind of want to know what what's the future looking like for both you and also the business. So have you got any sort of like, goals or plans for yourself or the business that you can think of or well we've been been going through a bit of transition period for a few years you know as I mentioned I think the original part of the time we've consulted well so it's been you know a time of, of change um I mean we're continually trying to improve our you know continuing to while continuing to provide the best service to our clients in the short term, as you mentioned, we'll recruit for an accounts manager for our language office to continue with, you know, to continue with that process. We want to continue offering opportunities for progression and development. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of our accounts seniors um, made some internal um, promotions sort of earlier this year um, into, you know, where there were management opportunities, you know, and to train the next 
generation of accountants who will inevitably be much better with the new stuff than we will. <laughs> um, so, you know, looking to develop that potential yeah. so that our client offerings can evolve alongside, you know, the mm. new technologies because that's changing yeah. all of the time. Do you want to grow the offices? Do you want more offices or larger teams at the current offices or diversify your voice that you mentioned there about diversifying what you can offer your clients? Yeah, so I think, you know, it'll continue to diversify as, you know, obviously, you know, new software is coming in that can do certain, you know, elements for you. So, you know, our business advisory is, you know, part of what we're doing. So, you know, that ability to, you know, be there as you know a sounding board for the business decisions and you know the financial impact of those um and you know it's really building on the legacy that Alan and Philip left behind continuing to move you know McDade Waters forward but just whilst you know ensuring that we can continue to offer the you know it's a personal service that you know that the feedback we get from clients you know the ability to ring up and you know speak to somebody and get through to who you know who they want to talk to and I guess you know on a slightly different angle we're just currently looking just how to continue to best support you know our staff during these times you know it's a you know, strange times hybrid working and and different things so you know mm. we're uh, you know looking at sort of having some of our staff trained as mental health responders and you know that sort of thing and just yeah. making sure that that actually the whole culture because we're mm-hmm. only as good as our, you know, as our staff team and our and yeah. our clients, and and that you know those are the most important assets to to our business. So you know that's that's um, really where we're you know focusing on. Oh, brilliant! Well, thank you so much. I really really enjoyed that, um, and I suppose congratulations. I suppose on just the last 14 14 years yeah going from college right through right through to a qualified accountant right through to a director so I wish you all kind of the success over the next few years and you know watch you grow as a director and hopefully you know um you know have more shares in the business as well and and progress progress personally for yourself as well um and yeah it's exciting no you're welcome thank you so and thank you for for joining me